welcome to June Siege Abicat session four. Uh, our exciting adventurers have infiltrated an enemy siege base, some kind of combination of the two out on the salt flats and are in the process of making their way through. Uh, joining me tonight are Pete, Aaron and Dan. Uh, unfortunately, Alden is going to look pensive and thoughtful down in the corner there because he's not very well today. And we wish him all the best. Uh, so Foom is going to be back upstairs helping out those escaping chairs. <laughs> Pete's ready on the thumbs up at Alden picture, just in case. So he, Foom is going to be continuing to help the escaping uh, members, ecologists of the siege to get away. What happened last week? Horrible, messy, bloody oh, tasks. Yeah. We uh, fought uh, fought a, a, a Laza tiger and a, a couple of uh, ogres and almost all died. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like straight up. <laughs> but we rescued Amawat and Jadir first, didn't we, from the yep. science lab? Science yes. lab? Labs generally do science, don't they? No, they were after you saved them after. No, right after, right after we fought. After the fight, yeah. Did we? Yeah. Okay. We found out. Uh, we found out some more names of the people we were up against. Uh, obviously, Hanan and then Lucerne, mm -hmm. and uh, the the bad smugglers. I think were Raza Saquin or something along those lines. And then we also learned, obviously, that House von Mir. Which was involved in the mutations of that. No, Rasal Sakin is the name of the base. Ah, the name of the base. Okay, the bat. Yeah, the smugglers base. Yeah, and uh, and then of course we we also learned that the Jakarutu mm. were helping them out. Yes, and they're all supposed to be dead, which is eye opening. Yeah. So lots of people to uh, nuke. Exactly. As luck would have it, you have a nuke. But we found out the Jakarutu had gone, hadn't they? They've like moved on. Whereas the smugglers are here, but the Jakarutu are like helping them. So we've got take these guys out and then and someone oh, well, gone off into the salt flats. Well, we found out that they have another location. Ah, that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. There the yeah, yeah, you didn't get full details, but there is another location deeper in the salt flats. Okay. Where they're doing something horrible. Okie dokie. And so then... at the end of the last session. Oh yeah, we saw the guards gone the through Reverend the kitchen. Room. Yeah. And snuck up the back way, gone into the corridor where the uh Sayadina is being held captive, not Sayadina. Reverend Mother. Reverend, Reverend Mother. Mother. Yes, she got promoted. So where the Reverend Mother is being held captive, and it was a wooden panelled corridor with two Fremen-looking guards stood at the door, and Dan's character, Xavier, Xavier had made his way down there and done a beautiful bit of um, political bluffing on those two guards to get them to turn around and open the door to let him in. And that was where we'd left off, if I recall correctly, with them not looking at you, you 
cheesing it down the corridor with stabbing in mind. Yeah, Chris and I do this as quietly as possible because wasn't their leader in there as well? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucerne was in there. Yeah, yeah. Questioning. Lucerne is the spicing guild agent. He's about to have a bad day. Oh, yeah. Unless Dan decides to betray you horribly. <laughs> and sadly, we'll have to take Xavier's Then he too will have a bad well. day. <laughs> okay, well, so... I warned him a long time ago. He did, that. he really did. <laughs> Pete, show the nice people your t-shirt. Oh, yeah, that's cool, man. Chome. Chome. <laughs> Just in case anybody forgets what the acronym is for. Indeed. Because it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> so one of these Fremen guards has turned away from the corridor and is opening the door to let Xavier in. The other one is watching him and watching Xavier while they do so. So at that point, the two of you sprint down the corridor with murder in mind. Absolutely. And our, and our audience have kindly gifted us with four momentum points before we nice. started. So we're on five because we were one last time. Yes. Thank you. So the door opens into uh, what looks to be more like a hospital room than an interrogation chamber or an office or a prison cell. So you're seeing clean, pale, whitey beige machinery, walls, machines inside are beeping. And the door opens wide enough for you to step through. As it does so, your colleagues make it down the corridor. Yeah, I mean, Sirak has got his Chris knife stabby, in hand. Stabby. He, stabby, he, stabby. Applied, he applied his poison. He did apply poison. So it's hand a quality three weapon now. Yeah, just a hand around the mouth, knife in the back of the head. Come on, let's see it. Okay. Does anyone mind if I take a point of momentum? Yeah, no, go for it. I'm going to take Would one positively two. recommend okay. it at this point. I am okay. going to take one too. I've got three dice. I've got my brand new Dune dice for my birthday. Very nice. Let's see if they roll well. Go, Aladi. Let us hope that the sands do not betray you. Um... What are we rolling on? Battle and duty? Faith? I was thinking battle and justice for Sarak because his justice statement is exacting retribution against all who have wronged each one Bedouin. Yeah, that works. And I think Pete, duty works better yeah, for you because it's the siege must survive for the coming. Survival war. of the siege. Yeah. And a siege without a reverend mother is a siege in trouble. Absolutely. Here we go. So I've got the fifth. Oh no, my um, battle's down to six, so 13. Two successes. Oh, strategy doesn't count, does it? No. Right, two successes. Two successes, so you plunge your knife into the guard. I mean, you're going for the one-shot, one-kill thing, but you're not going to get that. No, so easily. I'm not Sirak. <laughs> so uh, my... Uh... Battle and Justice gives me a target number of 15 with a focus in short blades of an eight. I got a one 
I got a five Ooh. and I got a 12 for five successes. Five successes. <laughs> so as as you imagine, oh. Aladi, Sorak is there and perforating. <laughs> so he's doing opponent. what I thought I was doing. Yeah. Right at the base of the skull, one twist to pop the cervical How spine. How do you do that? Back bit? How do you do that? Bit? <laughs> You're like sawing away at the back of this guy's skull. I'll show you later, Naive. I've cut the, I've cut the still suit. <laughs> spray of water around yeah. the back of his neck. <laughs> but yeah, so Sorak uh, runs up and assassinates one of these guards in short order while you start fumbling with the other one. He, in turn, is going to try and stab you back. Not with that roll, he's not. I got a 16 and a 17. Good. <laughs> so he starts flailing behind him with his Chris knife and big wide eyes. Did I manage to get my hand over his mouth? Because that, that was what I wanted yes. to grab. Yeah. yeah, so you got your hand over his mouth, but you also then just like cut a line in sure. the back of his scalp rather than anything particularly yeah, useful. Yeah. Uh, Xavier, what do you want to do? Are there any left alive? There's the one that um, the one that I'm Aladdy is still like struggling with. Um, which case, I will. My knife kind of slips out of my like wrist pouch, and I just try reverse into a belly stab. Okay. Nice. Um, nice. You don't have one of those uh, waste blades. Like, no, no, uh, my, my blades. <laughs> no. So my my blade is like a stiletto dagger. Oh, cool. Um, for like dirty smuggling jobs. <laughs> uh, okay. I think for you it's kind of a power and battle role. Power and battle, okay. Because you're just going full on stabby. Seven six. Okay. Um, shall I take a point of momentum? Just go for yeah, it if you want to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, please. I will. There you go. Uh, three success. Oh no, sorry, that's nineteen. Two successes. So you you put your blade in his guts, and and he sags slightly. He's still not dead, but he's not doing terribly well for himself. Sarak, <laughs> uh, do you want to finish this guy off? Yeah. So Sarak pulls his Chris knife, reverses it, and without even looking, just kind of shoves it in the guy's ear. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to make you roll at this point because he's pinned. He's held. He's got a knife in his guts. He's got someone sawing at the back of his head. Ineffectually. <laughs> effectually. I mean, you get there eventually. There's blood everywhere. It's a bleeder. It's a head wound. Sirach says to yeah, Sirach Xavier just... and, uh, and to Alani, thank you for holding him still for me. <laughs> I loosened it for you. <laughs> Well oh, struck, Nari. <laughs> Are you lowering their bodies to the floor or taking them in with you? Taking them in with oh, yeah, So yeah. basically roll into the room and push them off to the side and then and, and then move in. Okay, so you walk into this room and it is somewhere between a hospital room and a lab. And you can see that the arrangement is similar to how the 
science labs were in the previous location where you've got the two glass fronted labs with a narrow corridor down the middle of them. Uh, in one of the labs, you can see that there is um, Shadi, the Reverend Mother, and she is attached to a hospital bed and some machinery and strapped down so that she can't move. In the room with her, you can see a guild man and some kind of scientist or doctor. In the room opposite, there are some very strange looking bubbling vats and machines and containers and bottles that have got what looks initially like just small blobs of flesh growing in them. But you realise as you move further into the corridor that those blobs of flesh are human embryos. Okay. An abomination. Cloning some Benny Jesuit genes. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Be a truth and understand role if you think you have heard of it, but it'd be quite a difficult one. I'd be looking for like four successes. Yeah, no, fair enough. Because none of you have really got science back. No, no, no. No, no Sirak would just Sirak would just believe that it's some kind of horrible yeah. foreign sorcery that needs mm. to be destroyed. Oh yeah, we got to burn this whole place down. So that's cool. We need to go murder those people and get her out of the yep. straps first. So you've got these glass fronted doors. <clears throat> They've got the same kinds of locks that you saw before. Inside the hospital bedroom, the scientist and the guildsman see you come in and dump their guards on the floor. The scientist looks worried. The guildsman less so. And he kind of looks you over. I press the nuclear bomb to the window. <laughs> Subtlety is not this guy's forte. <laughs> The guildsman takes a, a microphone out of his pocket. Yes. Come outside. I think not. In here, I'm protected and I have a hostage. Out there, you will kill me and drink my blood or whatever it is you barbarian savages do. Xavier, can you open this door as you did the others? Yes, let's give it a go. If you make us come in there for you, I guarantee your death. If you come out, there's a chance you'll walk away from this place and into the desert. Come now, sir. We are men of action. Lies do not suit us. I'm not lying to you. If you can survive the desert, you may live. After the things I've done to your people, there's no way you'll let me survive. And he admits it. I gotta look at Xavier if he's hacking the door. <laughs> yeah, what's the what's the role? The it's a <clears throat> sorry, truth and communicate, I think. Six and six. Take take a momentum. Yes, please. Oh. 
Uh-oh. No, I don't know if that's a 20 or a 1. Hold on. That's a 20. Uh, <laughs> oh, a complication. Um, one success. Did you get a 20 as well, though? Sorry? Was there a one success and a 20? There was one success and a 20. Okay, because a 20 means a complication arises in what you're doing. Okay. So, yes, you've, you've set up the hack and you're starting to, like, tap away at this door to try and get your way through. And he sees what you're doing. He's like, <sighs> Give us Hanan. You're welcome to him. And step he's away. Up, he's down the corridor. He's not in here. He's in his office. We will take our reverend mother with us and destroy and the abominations you are cooking up here. The amount of work I put into this, I'm afraid I can't let you do that. Uh, you're welcome to her, though. To is, open the door. Is there a um, guildsman language? Um, there's probably a level of innuendo that you can apply that means you understand each other in a sort of uh, semi-secret don't way. Don't you have so to have one of those big microphones to talk yeah. to? Like and what is it you hope to achieve here? Well, I was hoping to achieve uh, an increase in spice trade, but... From who? These Jakarutu, the smugglers, either or. However, I've had a better offer, so I think I might just take them up on that. Now, if you are trying to hack your way through the door, you might want to be quick about it. And he reaches down and he unplugs something from the Reverend Mother's bed. And a little trickle of blood dribbles out onto the floor. I'd estimate you have maybe two minutes. And he walks over to one of the walls and spend a point of threat, please, Pete. No. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Huggles a panel and the wall rotates around. The scientist who's in there with him goes running over after him Mm -hmm. to get to the door and starts hammering on that same toggle to try and get it to open, but it won't open a second time. So the guildsman has vanished into the wall and the scientist is in there and he's crapping himself. Save her and open this door if you want to live. I can only do one. Which one? Save her Save life. Her. Save her. Can I get another yep, attempt? You can have another go. Don't break it. <laughs> Just, he can save her and then it's he can open the door. Uh, one success. No complications. Okay, you, you finish the hack. Just as he's carefully plugging this little pipe back into her arm. Okay. And he, he sort of steps back as the door opens and puts his hands up, backs up against the wall. Go rushing in to check on the Reverend Mother. I'm going to pull out my knife. And, Sorak, uh, get him to open the Vault of Abominations. Yes, Naeem. Can, can we ask him what he was doing first before we... Um... Oh, no, get, I'm not saying kill him. Just get, get him to open the door across, <laughs> the, across the way. It's... How is the Reverend Mother? Her eyes are kind of furious looking. As she looks out from the... She's got a mouth cover on so that she can't use the voice. Mm -hmm. 
and she's strapped almost crosswise into the bed. So both of her arms are stretched out, both of her legs are stretched out. She's covered by the bare minimum of fabric to preserve her dignity. But there is heavy chunks of metal strapping her down to the bed at wrists, at shoulders, ankles, thighs, waist and neck. So she's definitely plugged into this thing. And it looks like some of those collars and cuffs and things have also got some kind of medical apparatus on the inside of them. Okay. Maybe I won't go smashing all the cuffs. Which are attached into her body in some way. Look at the scientist then. You. Free her of these restraints. Alive. He very, very carefully and shaking makes his way over to the cuffs and he says, forgive me, the the guildsman has taken the control panel. I can do it, but it will take longer. And he starts pushing buttons on a console. Uh, Serac, you notice that a panel in the opposite lab swings around and the guildsman walks out of there. He sees you looking at him, tips you a little salute pulls out a cylindrical container, smoke billowing down the side of it, that's got what looks to be a human fetus inside, plugs it into a carry case, locks it in place, picks up the case, goes to the opposite wall, messes with another toggle and walks into that wall. Before he walks into that wall, (laughs) before he walks into that wall, Serac would, would walk up so he's just like right on the other side of it and just say to him whether or not he can hear him at all. I will hunt you down. I do not care if I have to leave Arrakis to find you. I will eliminate you and everyone who helped you in this. That is my oath. Best of luck, he says. That guy is nearly not scared enough. <laughs> Definitely not. And disappears back into the wall again. I mean, now, meanwhile, the scientist... Where's he going to go, though? Where's he going to go? To the hangar bay? Gets... To get another Maybe, thing? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we just be. go and blow up the ships in the hangar bay quickly? Hand grenades. So the scientist has managed to unlock the arms and neck restraints on the Reverend Mother, okay. and she sort of sluggishly brings her arm up and starts sort of pulling at the mouth uh, guard I'll, thing. Can I get the mouth guard off her? Yeah. Yeah, it looks I'll like it's got off. a bit inside it as well, sure. so that she couldn't even chew through it. And you pull that off, and she sort of stretches her mouth and croaks out. Reverend Mother. I'll pull the tube from my still suit and stick it in her mouth. So she takes a drink and then she sort of rolls around and looks at this science guy and says, release me to him in a way that you know will brook absolutely no dissension. And the guy kind of glazes over a little bit and starts working a little bit faster and more efficiently. It looks like his fear has temporarily subsided and he's working calmly and effectively.
Sorak at this point is just basically guarding the door, uh, assuming that this guildman has alerted potentially other enemies. We may need to be ready to fight our way out of this room. He may, not, any... he may be up for us killing everybody else and him getting away undetected. Mm, that's what I was he thinking. seems like a slimy yeah. scuzz bucket. So. Maybe. Especially as he said he had a better offer. Um, is there any way to ascertain from our view into the other lab what the experiments were? Um, it was definitely something to do with babies. They're taking her blood out and they're extracting stuff from Specifically her. Specifically from the a room over the way, they're making babies. Yeah, it looks like they've been doing some kind of genetic research on her. It's possibly cloning of some kind, some form of genetic research, definitely. It all looks a little bit Tleilactu. Mm. Well, we've, we've seen one here. Uh, as soon as the Reverend Mother is, you know, re released, carefully see how mobile she is. Um, she gets down off the bed really carefully and gingerly, but it's kind of propped up against the bed. She's not going to be traveling anywhere very far or very quickly. Mm. And not she gonna... has no still suit, just like a bit of paper covering sure. her. Sure. Well, is the bed got a sheet on it? Can I take that off and wrap it around her? No, there's, there's no sheet. There is literally paper on the bed. Tell the scientists, strip your clothes off and give them to the Reverend Mother. He does as you bid him. This is weird. <laughs> I'll think. I'll think in my head. Um... He's basically wearing we paper pajamas and a lab coat himself. Sure. So it's not exactly the most hard wearing of mm -hmm. outfits. Does he have a little heart plug? Nothing. He doesn't have a heart plug. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> Where did they even come from? <laughs> David Lynch. <laughs> Same place as the weirding <laughs> modules, I imagine. Yeah. 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 Um, even his name is a killing word. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Right, we need to get you from this dark place. Foul things are afoot here, and we must raise it to the ground and escape. Foom what is waiting for us. The siege will be rebuilt. The young ones survived. And the Sidena. Good. Then it was not in vain. They were, they were interested in me and in Foom more than the rest of our people. Hmm. Are you two related? Distantly. Foom is the son of an outlander. Foom's Perhaps. father was an off-worlder, as was mine. Well, maybe we should have a word with Foom when we get back to the Thopter. But it wasn't the same Outlander. No. no. <laughs> I believe Foom's father worked for one of the nephews or 
cousins of my father, something like that. Neither of us knew our off-world parents. We were raised sorry, by the Sorry, sorry. A cousin or relative of your father? Is who Foom's father so, worked for. So it was the same sort of family? Yes, the Dargouche. The Dargouche. So, uh, Never heard of it. They're an off-world house, a minor I house. Have. Nothing particularly big or spectacular, but they they came here years ago. Was that the house of that scientist earlier on, Sirak? Was that? Mm, there was a. He said he was from House von Mir. Mm. Who Dargouche? They are enemies. Whom had Dargouche. said Dargouche was enemies with. Ah, well, perhaps this goes back to an old feud then. And we've simply the been Von pulled Mir, into the middle. I think are closely allied to the Tleilaxu, which would explain their research. Once again, we are used as pawns in the game between the houses. We must destroy this place and leave. Yes. As you will, Naeem. Do we go after Hanan personally, or do you want to simply blow this place? We, we know that to. there's another... base but, of operations. I think, so. I think he Hanan may know where that other base is. So perhaps we should have a word with this smuggler. I think we the man Lucerne would also know where it is. Unfortunately he has departed. But there is one other Kinam. The three of them seem to be the leaders here. Lucerne was the guildsman. Hanan is the smuggler, and Kinam was the the cast out, the leader of the cast out here. Not their naive, but like a cast out for Daikin. Right. Then shall we take the Reverend, Reverend Mother up? So that she and she can be with Foom and the other that we have rescued, or do we proceed? Hanan is just upstairs, isn't he? You need to go back through the building up the other side. Maybe we should make sure she is safe first. Uh, anyway, we think all, that we can get all him for to Foom. These... Get him to come and collect me. You. You must pursue these men who have done this. Saving. Just do not destroy the base until we are clear. Do we, have, not a, do we have radios or something? Are there, are there intercoms in the building? Can we use the system to... I would imagine that you'd have a radio. It seems a bit... Harsh radio not waves have... might disturb worms or something you never know well oh, that's true yeah you know. uh, no there's isn't there a thing about one of the moons affecting the the moons of the, the planet uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that's true so yeah no internet it's good it's like no no internet that's too much technology <laughs> um aladi i will move quickly through the building and bring foom back and then he can escort the reverend mother as we proceed if you will it I do. 
So Sirach just takes off, going back the way we, you know, winding his way back through the building to get to Foom. We want to get into that lab. Is there any way I can try and gain access to the secret door? Or is there just no? Yeah, of course you can. You can try the secret door or you can try the main door to that lab. I'll try the it's main got door. a door in the corridor, same as this one. Had. Okay, I'll do that. It's uh, Again, it's two successes to hack the lock. But you're getting a bit better at it now. Well, that's weird. Two threes. Is that um, just successes or are they criticals? Uh, two successes, not criticals. Okay. Yeah, you're starting to get a hang for these doors now. So you you fiddle with it a bit. You pop the wires. The door pops open. I'm going to um, see if I can find some notes or a data terminal or something that might tell me some more specifics on the kind of experiments that they were doing here. Are there loads? Whatever of, mother comes in as well. Are there loads of embryos in containers? Is that? Yeah, they start off from things that look like little tiny cell sure. bundles yeah. right the way up to a few that are... Um, several weeks along and there are two larger containers at the end one of which lucerne took away with him right and the other one the other one again it's a freezer container this one so it's closed and locked but you can unlock it and pull it and there is what looks to be about an eight month developed fetus inside recognizably human are girl. these are these activities against the concordance of the butler here at Jihad? no they skirt the edges if i gather evidence here do i feel it's something that i can hold over this guy at a later date More the fact that he was prepared to pursue this over spice, the spice mission that he was given. I'll do that. Then. Can I just burn everything in the room? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'll rapidly try and pick up some notes as yeah, he's about to light I'm the doing room that. Up. You know, in Die Hard, where the guy's like cutting the wires carefully, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, comes brilliant. in and just goes. <laughs> to, that's going to be what's going on. I'm That'd dousing cool. petrol. The Reverend Mother has very much got that um, Ripley and Alien Resurrection face on. Mm. But she points at the eight-month one and says, we cannot no, okay. harm that one. It must Can we revive it? We will give it a chance. I will, I will set that by the door. We will give her a chance. Arrakis will give her one chance. Very well. So while while you're trashing the room and um, (laughs) Dan is rifling through um, pads and tablets and stuff looking for evidence. If he puts it down, it gets smashed. (laughs) (laughs) He realizes that after about three pads and stops putting them down anymore. (laughs) <laughs> uh, 
uh, a laddie come not laddie you're a laddie Serac comes back with Foom and somehow see. a wheelchair <laughs> Foom was Soom was the resourceful one here I explained what was happening and he managed to find this he's a young man of talent I've explained to him what what needs to be done for the Reverend Mother, and he is willing to take her care as his primary mission. She sits in the wheelchair and kind of cradles this clone vat container thing. Mm. And he takes off down the corridor, blaster carbine rattling at his hip. Shall we finish what we have begun, my friends? He says friends very specifically and looks at yeah. Xavier. Like, Xavier perks up a little bit. Why yeah. call me friend? Let <laughs> me. Oh, Let I've us be about it. it. Indeed. Nuke in one hand, Chris knife in the other. So from this corridor, you come out and you turn, go back down the wooden panel to hallway turn into another one. There appears to be some kind of general evacuation order sounding. Uh, so there are lots of footsteps coming from downstairs more than they are from up here. Mm. Where the lieutenants were hanging out. Yeah. Okay. And there is one last suite on this floor that you have not yet investigated. Big double doors. Um, I think we should go and knock on the door, and then go and then go in. As you will, at Naib. So Funnily go. enough, there's no answer when you knock on the door. It's it's kind of like a punch knock, you know. It's like, <laughs> a, it's like a we're coming in kind of thing, and uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then housekeeping, just, and then just go in. Uh, as you open the door, you get a brief glimpse of uh, a large, well-appointed office lounge type room. Uh, there, there was a huge desk carved out of a massive chunk of sandstone at one end of the room, but it's been upended and turned into a barricade. And from behind it, there is a fusillade. Fusillade? Fusillade. Lots of shots from blaster carbines that just come pouring into the doorway. I'm going to let you make a power and move roll to throw yourselves out of the way. It's going to be oh, tough. Dear. My move is down to five from my, after my injuries from last week. My move is power down to is two. Power is my lowest stat. So. Um, top. This is where I kill them all by accident. Then. Yeah, target target number nine. <laughs> what did you say it was power and move? Yeah. Target number six. Ooh. Can I have that momentum? Does anyone mind if I use that momentum? Remember, you can also give me threat if you really need extra dice. Uh, That's okay. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Not with all those guys behind that table. One of them will chuck a grenade out and it'll land between my legs. <laughs> Um, I'm doing okay. Move is one of my better ones. <laughs> I got a I got a seven and a sixteen, so one success. I got a two, a sixteen, and a twenty. 
Oh. 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 Crikey. I got two successes. Right, so you throw yourselves behind the doors. Um, got some more momentum. Shots ringing out all around you. Uh, one of the doors comes off its hinges and pins Aladdie underneath it. It's a great big, heavy, fake wood door. And it's got him pinned underneath it. So he's safe from being shot, but at the same time, he's not going anywhere because there's a door on him that's going to require other people to help table flip. A new could blow that off, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but the other two of you are behind the other door, which is more intact. The top is kind of bent in slightly, but it stayed on its hinges. Do you got a grenade, Xavier? Because I don't. <laughs> How many? This is the one I was saving for a special occasion in case I got <laughs> betrayed. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Xavier will kind of pat himself down and then pull out a grenade a little bit sheepishly. Yes, as it turns out, he does have a grenade. <laughs> and he did. was keeping yeah. it in case you Where betrayed did you get him. that from? <laughs> He's had it all along. You <laughs> picked it, it out of the stash, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. It's Coming that grenade. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Rock looks at Xavier and he goes, I know you have a grenade, my friend. <laughs> it is time to throw it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he sheepishly, sheepishly produces this grenade. Um hands it over because I'm probably not very good with it. There you go. So Sorak uh, pulls the pin, milks it for a second, chucks it right behind the uh, the desk, giving it on like a about a about a like two second toss. So it blows about a foot above the ground right behind the desk. Okay, let's have a power and battle roll. Okay. Ooh. Can I take one of those momentums? Yeah. Gentlemen? So power and battle for me, that is a target number of 12. A 12, a 6, and a 14. So that's three successes. So the grenade sails over the counter um, because most of these guys are shooting from around the sides rather than over the top. You've actually got this almost little goalpost arrangement of baddies to throw it between and they see it coming in and a few of them try and dodge out of the way of the table get around the other side of the table which then exposes them to anybody who wanted to shoot them from the other side and the grenade goes off behind the table with this sort of flat I, and there's, there's a screen in the crossfire and a puff of smoke and what was that dan I will try and shoot at whoever jumps out. Okay, shoot away. Crouching behind the Fremen with my rifle. Um, what would that be? Battle and... Uh, justice oh, battle. battle, duty battle. Duty battle, please. <laughs> Take a duty battle, please, Bob. <laughs> uh, one success, which is a one. Oh, that's two successes, isn't it? Two successes. It's, a one. Yep, it's yep, always it two successes. Yep, two successes for a one. So, yes, one of them uh, 
dodges out of the way of the grenade and is tremendously pleased with himself as all the screaming happens behind him and then you shoot him in the hip. Ah! And he goes down next to the table with the, the grenades gone off behind. And right after Sirach threw the grenade, he unholstered his Mala pistol and he's just waiting. I mean, as soon as somebody, as soon as a rabbit hops. I, there was another guy that came around the other side. Yeah. So uh, pistol, so battle, and I think justice still works best for him because this is all about retribution for him. So the target number is 15. Uh, pistol is one of my focuses. Can I take a point of momentum to get a third dice? They're right there. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> a two, a two, and a 10 for five successes. Okay, you rule. Aaron's not allowed to roll dice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am in my good. That, that's my best target range. He's in the there, zone. We're so, <laughs> almost my best. Yeah. The so, yeah, this other guy rabbits around the side of the table to avoid the grenade. Also, tremendously pleased with himself for not being blown up. And you punch a hole through the side of his head with a Mauler pistol. And he kind of slams into the table on this side, leaves a little blood splatter on the table, and then slides to the ground. So you've got one guy clutching at his leg, hip, screaming, a smoking pile of dead people behind the table, and then this other guy on the floor. And then you've got a laddie who's stuck under a door. Some excellent bit of violence there, John. I was distracting them. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's not like he's laying on a pressure-sensitive nuclear device or anything. Exactly. Sorak looks over at Xavier. He's like, I find guns distasteful, but... I never said I didn't know how to use them. Xavier's <laughs> <laughs> so slightly worried that this gentleman seems to be able to kill with anything that he's holding. <laughs> I find food blenders distasteful. Um, does little help? We, yeah, uh, bend over and, and I'm going to try and bench press up. the door, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> now, as long as you've got the other two helping, the door will lift. <laughs> Because it's it's more than fake wooden door is made out of metal. <laughs> yeah, it is lined with metal. It's a secure door. After a lottie's free, we go over and see this one remaining guy who's alive with the hip wound. Again, he's... he looks cast out. Okay. These guys all look like they they're dressed Fremen style. They have a very Fremen look to them and about them but they've also got this like what would happen if the Fremen were pretending to be smugglers vibe where is Kinam and Hanan they, they've gone to the other place they, they've gone to the, the, the sand base the, the, the salt base where is the salt base I, I don't know we, we would fly for four hours into the salt flat and it was there do you know at what heading you flew i don't it's not our place to know that only hanan and kinam have that information and the the gilder he said you were coming we stayed behind and where did he go they went that way and he points out through the what looks like the bar area of this little suite and you are sure you do not know where this other base is. All right, Chris Knife in the right eye. I suggest we follow Lucerne. As you Chris Knife him in, in the right eye, you noticed that he was 
fiddling round and had a grenade in his hand and the his thumb in the pin and he was about one second away from pulling the pin on it when you stabbed him in the eye i was literally about to describe that and you chris knifed him in the eye Sirach gently pulls a grenade away and hands it over to xavier i have a new one for you <laughs> xavier takes it gingerly Shall we try to pursue this Lucerne? Yes. So you go into the bar area. There's a bar and a bedroom. So as we're running past the bar, Xavier will quickly grab the strongest alcohol bottle he can find. It's good and stuff. And sticks it out of his cloak. This guy's, this guy's got <laughs> great booze. Uh, what you would think would be the most expensive one would be a bottle of uh, spice liqueur. Although on Arrakis, this, this stuff's really quite common. Only so drink like, oh, that back nice. at the siege. Do not drink that when we're out on the sand. Only a fool consumes alcohol when he is under the sun of Arrakis. Uh, inside the bedroom, there are two terrified-looking village women in their underwear and makeup just kind of hiding behind the bed with about this much of them showing from in front, but there are mirrors on the far wall so you can see where they are. They kind of scream when you run past the room. Unless you're going in, they aren't coming out either. And you come to a big steel... Well, as they were running past, Sirach would probably yell in, if you are loyal people of Arrakis, make your way out of here. This place will no longer exist soon. I think everybody in the building is a guilty fucker and they're going to die in a fiery inferno. So, Although I'm tempted to keep the nuke to drop on their base in the sand, but I think we're going to go and take them out one-on-one. So, Yeah, big steel bulkhead. <laughs> Looks completely out of place in the rest of this corridor. Mm-hmm. There's an open door with this steel bulkhead behind it and there's fresh sand on the floor just inside this corridor and it feels slightly warmer in this bit of the complex so it's like open to the outside and they can get up to a private but it's not anymore it's sure off. yeah yeah no. yeah but it was and they could yeah. get to like They'd clearly a opened the door or something. or something yeah i feel they xavier. Hearted. can xavier can you get this blast door open Oh, it's hand solo time. I will try. <laughs> um, do we have any momentum left? We have one. We've got one, yep. I think I'll be using that. Go. Another one. Yeah, <laughs> a, a second door closes across <laughs> it. I'll be a no. <laughs> they have fled like true cowards. We must get to Arthopter, and I'll look at the the, the nuke now. Uh, what do they call it? A stone burner. A stone burner. Um, mm, this has no timer. Xavier, can you? And I'll hold up the las gun. I'll say, can you rig this to overload slowly? So it will activate the nuke. 
do I think it would act, it would actually need that kind of energy reaction to actually trigger? It won't need the energy in. reaction no, to trigger it. We but, don't have a timer. Um, At the moment, don't have my a timer. option is hit it really hard. <laughs> it's a pressure switch. And that means I have to stay behind. I see. Or yeah, someone so else we, who really if wants you to had prove something themselves. like that acted as Shock a timer. <laughs> yeah, if we had a timer or something, or and I'm not trusting anyone else in the building to give me a timer. Is that no, possible? I think you're right. You know, yeah, jury rig the uh, the or pressure switch with something. a to blow. Can we rig something to blow with this nuke in the middle of it? That would set a nuke off, surely. Well, if, as long as it activated or re deactivated pressure the pressure panel, then yes. Mm. Otherwise, no. I mean, you could literally drop a cluster bomb on a nuke, and you're not going to get it to explode. You're going to you're going to get a lot of radioactive material all over but the we place. Could set up some some sort of something to press against it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. As long as we activate so the when pressure the explosion plate. goes, it goes. Yes. So yes, you can jury rig something that will press a press a pressure switch, Dan. But um, the accuracy of how much time it, you could just jury rig it. Yeah. But I'll I've got that. a point of threat, and you've got no momentum left. <laughs> so you're going to need some successes in order to make sure that you've got at least one unit of time to escape in. I'm not specifying the unit. Okay. I would volunteer to aid you, but I'm terrible in all of this. I don't think I would successfully what, aid you in any would way. Be rolling, understand, and probably communicate. Oh, communicate. To be fair, communicate, communicate, and truth, communicate, and power. Truth. I don't know about truth. I don't think truth no. particularly faith. works. <laughs> power. I mean, faith isn't the worst choice, but. Again, it's a technology thing, so it's probably sure. not not no. something that is it understand. Oh God, I hope not. No, it's communicate. It's communicate, communicate on that side, and then I power. think power. Power's good. Power, yeah, power. You could do power. You're brute forcing it that way. Yeah. Okay. That would give me a target number of eight. <laughs> yeah, target number thirteen. Ten. Hey, we just picked up three points of momentum. Oh, wow. I'll have one of those. Thank you very much. Who was that from? Uh, Narden Zeka and Lowen and uh, Shadro. Oh, thank you. For, thank you all. I think I need that. Right. Okay. So I will steal one of those points of momentum. Ah. Five. God, fuck this dice, man. 19. And a 12. That's two successes. Two successes. Okay, so you have at least two units of time in which to escape. Uh, the what the time is, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a quick and dirty fix. It's it's not going to take hours. It's not going to take minutes. You figure you've run. got somewhere between ten and twenty minutes. Move out and draw fire. Sirak is already moving. <laughs> He's like, let's go, Naib. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will just say a little book. Uh, prayer to Mahadi before uh, we go. Are we going back through the big, expensive office? 
get out. Yes, you have to. Okay. Um, do I see anything, any chests or lockboxes or anything like that as we're making a move? Yes, behind where the desk was, where the explosions happen, there is a, a huge, like, sea chest-sized lockbox, which has been blown open. And inside you can see that there are loose solaris, there's spice, some of which has been cooked off a little bit, giving the air that very spicy smell. Spice is what I'm after. I will grab what I can. I mean, you could comfortably grab a couple of small sacks, like one or two kilo sacks of spice on your way past. That's what I'll do. So a kilo of spice in each hand. <laughs> Bottle of booze under your arm. <laughs> Don't come out of this empty-handed. I've got people to report to. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ledger in there as well. Do you want that too? Yeah, that could be handy. Have that in my teeth. <laughs> so you run back through the building. How mean am I? Mean enough to use a point of threat? That's what I'm thinking. Take yourself yeah. down to zero before we move on. I like the plan. Yeah, go That's also true. I would be reducing my threat to zero if I do that. Mm. So I won't, I won't do that. No, I'm going to save that for a special occasion. <laughs> uh, you run back through the building. I'm assuming you're not going through the beetle-infested corridors. There we go. I need the quickest that. route to the thopter. <laughs> So you kind of go down, along, and up again mm -hmm. to come out in the Thopter Bay. Fooms managed to get the Reverend Mother into the Thopter. Uh, that kid who was with you, who I've realised was actually the person called Kinam and not one of the bad guys. But that's okay. He can be Kinam, who's related to Kinam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kinam could end up being like the John of, of Arrakis. Could be. They're, they're everywhere. So there are two Kinams. And when you realize that Kinam is the name of the kid and also the name of the cast out, that's going to make you look him. Push him out the top toe and move him <laughs> down. It's rough, but the yeah. name <laughs> says so. The name <laughs> says so. Um, <laughs> hold on. Sorry. What happened to the, the tank with the not fetus in it? The Reverend Mother. Had on the Reverend Mother. Reverend Mother. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. So the Reverend Mother and Foom and Amawat and Jadir and Kinam the Younger are in the Thopter. It's going to be really heavily laden. It's time to throw things out the back door. It's not like we're trying to get away or anything quickly. Throw the chairs out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorak just immediately starts stripping it of everything and on a sense. Throw the wheelchair out. Sorry, Reverend Mother. That's going. Yep. Foom's got it all powered up and is sat in the co pilot's chair. Yeah, better not be sat in my pilot's chair. <laughs> there isn't a pilot chair left. We threw it out. <laughs> it's got, it's got I don't need one. Flight. I can do it standing. <laughs> it's just a spike. <laughs> <laughs> Two spikes would be an extravagance. <laughs> It is it's a spike that sat in a bucket. 
Uh, I'll make sure I do do all the pre-flight checks and prep uh, while people are throwing things out. I did them. I did them, says Foom. It's not that I don't trust him. It's just I don't trust him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, any like carbines or crap like that that we had. We had a whole bag of guns. That's got to go. All of it out. Yep. So you you lift off. And as you're about to fly out of the entrance, there's a a sort of sound behind you and then a shockwave that sort of throws you out of this landing bay. And looking out, you can see the entire base behind you collapsing in on itself and a massive explosion tearing this entire cliffside apart. Go, go, go. We have done Dan, good work this a, day. I'm not really good at flying move. I, uh, this is the thing I do, so... <laughs> feel free to uh, take a point of momentum to not I kill I feel I will. Um, <laughs> duty and move for you, isn't it? Duty and move is the, the mega one, if that's okay. Yeah. Is the most appropriate. Okay. Um. Ah, one, nice. ten, and a thirteen. Now I've got one, but I've also got pilot ornithopter, so that does something as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that just um. What's your what's your uh, what's your move? My move well, is eight. Yeah. So anything you got 10 and 13. So the one is two successes. Okay. The 10 and the 13 are still successes. Okay. So you've got four successes. So you know that the best thing to do in this circumstance is actually to go high. So you throw it up into the air in a steep climb. Everyone brace for the G's. Bless the maker and his water. Bless the coming up. and going of him. May his passage cleanse the world. May he keep the world for his people. Big cloud of sand below you. (laughs) There's secondary explosions happening in that carryall because it was parked right next door to the cliff Mm. and big chunks of rock are flaming down on it, causing explosions there as well. Sorak is turning green and doing everything in his power not to vomit (laughs) and not to look like he's about to vomit. (laughs) You're going to hurl, hurl into this. (laughs) Still cut. I see you pulled yourself static up, religious up euphoria on my face into the sky of Arrakis. That's not disconcerting at all. <laughs> yeah. Below you, you see this L-shaped plateau shrink down until it's tiny, tiny little thing. You can see the explosion spreading out in a circle from the, the junction of the short arm and the long arm. And by the time the explosion's cleared, cleared, all that's left behind is one sort of rocky promotory out where the landing bay was. And the trashed remains of a carryall. Incidentally, I really liked the um, balloon carryalls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In um, the June mm. film, I thought that was a because cool, I'd always pictured them as like really, really fuck off, massive ornithopter style things. So having them be hot air balloons was brilliant. Mm. That was cool. 
Xavier, can you see any other thopters in the air? Anyone else who may have escaped? So I assume at this point we're kind of like that. So I'll sort of, you sort of level, level around. out a little bit. And everybody um, takes a look outside. Let's let's have a truth and understand to see what we can see. Oh, that's a big nine target number for me. Does desert navigation count as a right focus? Mm. Yeah. In which case, I've got two. Uh, that's a big no from me. I got a two and a 20. Oh. <laughs> so one success, one complication. <laughs> the complication is um, that as he throws it into this recovering power slide, you do throw up. <laughs> All over Xavier's back. (laughs) (laughs) This is not what the Fremen were designed for. That's a great gift. He just gave him a lot of his water. (laughs) Thank you for the gift of your body's water. (laughs) It's all down my (laughs) T-shirt. Aladdie, you see two things. First thing that you see. The glorious destruction. Well, the glorious destruction everybody can see because it's kind of glorious. You see worm sign heading towards this area. Now, this is right on the fringes of the salt flats. So obviously this much repetitious banging on the ground Hmm. has attracted a worm. It looks like a big one. And you also see the rest of the salt flats heading out behind you. So if there's something out there, it's going to be in the opposite direction. Right. Oh, I will turn Xavier's head that way. <laughs> Without touching the back of his head. <laughs> yeah. Should we? Yeah. I think we just need to go and sort this out. I mean, they're going to sod off and get off planet or something. Yes. I'd like to take the remote back, topic. but we cannot spare the time. We must proceed. Deeper into the salt flats we go. So you head deeper into the salt flats, the the thopter, because you landed at night, didn't you? Mm-hmm. You've been running around inside that place for a while. Mm-hmm. So dawn starts to break after a few hours of flight. Yes, yeah, at four hours, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Let's have another truth and understanding. We'll see what we can see slash detect. See if I vomit again on Xavier. <laughs> Anyone mind if I use a point of momentum for this one? Go for it. What am I rolling for? Uh, to see what you can see, see, see. Okay, then I got a one and a 12. So two successes for me. Excellent. I got still two. a no from me. I got two successes as well. Okay, well, uh, the two Fremen, eyes on a swivel. Xavier is concentrating on flying. He's letting you do take care of the navigating. Um, you both see the light of the rising sun glint off of something in the salt flats. Now, it's not the same as the light glinting off the salt flats itself. That has a certain quality to it, like a little slightly orange bounce through the spice-infused air. But you can see something glinting down in the sand that looks like it's an artificial thing something constructed Xavier there 
and the salt flats. I'll, see uh, what that is. I'll They're bank, pointing I'll at bank something it and take it low. <clears throat> that looks like a bunker on the sand. Not a very big one either. We're talking like two porter cabins sized bunker, like a tiny little thing. There must be some underground facility. Or perhaps a way station. Perhaps. We feel. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bank it, take it low, and then kind of swoop around it to get a view, closer view before we land. Yeah, it's a prefab storage, temporary building kind of thing. The sort of place that you might build for someone to sit in while they built something else. Just sat on the sand in the middle of the salt flats. See, the salt flats, you've got much less risk of worms. So they clearly aren't that bothered about having a structure out here. Ballsy, very ballsy for Arrakis. But no one's going to come out here because it's the salt flats. There's no spice out here. There's no Ball. worms out here. Why would you? Ballsy or naive? Little column A, little column B. Who knows? Should I take her on to land? What do you so, want to do? Are you going to land close? Are you going to land far away and schlep it there? I'm waiting for Fremen. A short schlep because we don't want them. Short we schlep. don't land right near it and someone sneak in and murder the Reverend Mother. So, okay, short schlep. And we roll out and tell Alawat and Jadir and Foom to protect the the Reverend Mother. Mm. They they nod. <clears throat> um, the Alawat and Jadir have both got blaster carbines that they salvaged from your bag of guns from earlier. Foom's prepared to seal up the thopter and pull the camouflage cover over it to hide it as best he can. And so the three of you step out onto the sand and it's weird. This is alien ground in many ways because the ground crunches underfoot. There's this almost thick layer of hard salty residue that crunches as you walk across it the ground here is dry and hard it's not the sands that you're familiar with it's much more densely packed it's closer to drum sand in the way it feels but it's not making that thumping sound very unusual feel to the ground out here in the salt flats for you mm. dan xavier can't tell the difference i am on the ground but for the Fremen, sand. the feel of the feel of sand is something they have like eighty six different words for sand, kind of thing. And this is not something either of them have ever truly experienced before, so it feels very I'll, odd. I'll step and on you it and go eighty seven. <laughs> <laughs> so you approach this little prefab building, and it is little more than a shack it's two squat rectangular structures that appear to be stuck together there is a door on one side with a glass window in it that you think might have been what the sunlight was glinting off of this doesn't look like something that belongs in arrakis this looks like mm. something you would expect to find on another world okay 
can we like get a glance in the window and see if there's like 10 guys hiding behind a sandstone desk <laughs> looking through the window uh there appears to be no one inside it looks like some kind of office but again nothing like you've ever seen this isn't the ostentatious offices of the houses or the great and powerful this is little extruder wood prefab metal leg tables and chairs with cheap data terminals plastic panelling on the walls how, how secure is the door it rattles slightly when you touch it I'll just give Sirak the nod and then go in so Sirak are you pulling the door so that a laddie can go in yeah yeah and, and it almost comes off in your hand you give it such a yank thinking that you're going to have to pull this door and it feels flimsy almost temporary uh, a laddie you'd burst into this room there's also a, a really ugly couch up against the wall by where you've just come in hmm. short metal legs kind of an orange brown color to it this room appears to be completely empty and completely unused there's a layer of dust on most surfaces the data terminals look unused i'm checking the floor I'm looking for like that we've just seen exhibited many secret doors, you know, and they're, they have a bit of um, theater about them, these characters, clearly. So I'm expecting like to stand in the middle of the room and press a button on a console and then we go down into the ground or something. Is there, are any of the buttons look like they've actually been pressed? Yes, actually. Um, it looks <clears throat> like. Uh, there, there is a, a number pad on one of the data consoles mm -hmm. and four of the numbers don't have gust on like the rest of the keys do. Mm -hmm. If I put it in the wrong way around, the building explodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's... Uh... One, two, three, four. Four, three, two, one. Two, three, four, one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know of any better way to do it unless we can find anything in this office that indicates what the actual passcode is. I double check the ledger that we nicked. Yes, you can. You never know. Love it. Yeah, apparently there's only about 10,000 possible combinations. Yeah, I was going to say, we could be here for a long time. <laughs> I'm going at it. Oh, no, I've done that one already. <laughs> <laughs> zero, 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 one. Oh. <laughs> zero, zero, zero. No, there's not that many because there is only four numbers to go with. It's not the combination zero to nine. Hmm. Uh, so, Dan, you want to try and analyse the book, do you? Yeah, That's definitely truth and understand. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a momentum if you... Yeah, do you want momentum? <laughs> yep. Yep, I'm going to need it. Um, truth and understanding. Oh, crap. Ten. Yep. Oh, no, and the momentum. Still no. <laughs> ah, sorry, guys. None. 
can I spend a point of determination to randomly punch in the right number? Yeah. Like, I'm going to close my eyes. Take a I'm big, gonna... deep half of some spice. A deep half of some spice and ask for some help from he who's seen the future. From the Because in the future, you're going to know this number, aren't you? Exactly. Exactly. So... Just have this mental image of like a laddie grabbing hold of Paul in like 17 years time and just shouting four numbers at him. <laughs> yeah. What? One, two, three, four. It was one, two, three, four. And a punch in one, two, three, four. I mean, who'd have that as the the combination on there? So briefcase? that's not the keys that have no, I, you know what I mean. the, the I mean, dust yeah, missing. But yeah, yeah, you spent your point of determination and you punch the numbers in, trusting to your faith, and your belief that the future needs for you to know this combination. Absolutely. And there is a click. And the floor jerks <laughs> ever so slightly. And the entire floor starts to sink underground. And as it does, you can see straight away that there's a metal superstructure around the base of the building. And that this is some kind of very large elevator mm. that is sinking downwards. Weapons. Cover. Are they like desks on this? Filing cabinets, desks, yeah, okay, that cool. ugly sofa. Right. Yep. <laughs> Ready for battle. Yeah, I got the Mola pistol in one hand, the Chris right, knife in the, the other. Crouched down, <laughs> ready to spring. Uh, eventually the building comes to rest building elevator floor comes to rest about two floors below the ground you reckon uh dan you yes. recognize not so much recognize as in you can tell exactly what kind it is but the corridor arrangement here is reminiscent of a spaceship This is like you've come down into a ship. It's got the tight, narrow corridors. So like he'll, he'll be looking around like... This feels very much like uh, one of the older models of guild cargo ships that they used to ferry stuff up and down to highlands. Yeah. He'll start kind of putting his ear to the floor and tapping on the ground and see if he can hit, you know... You can't hear the engines running. At least not as though you were in motion. But there is, there's definitely power down here because there are the I lights. Can feel, I can feel the hum in the, the ceiling. Very, it's the very relaxed, it's like a low not. power. Yeah. So Except. you believe that you're in uh, an old cargo transport? We're on a spaceship beneath the sands. Mm, buried. Your people. Perhaps this is an older type um, guild transport vessel. They Where, don't would use we them go? Where would we go to find those we seek in a vessel such as you describe? I would say that they'd probably be on the bridge. Oh, yeah, you've got a fairly good idea of that way. <laughs> the structure and layout of these sorts of ships. You know, they've got large cargo holds. Um, they've got rooms for people to sleep in. There's a bridge. 
it thinks little more than than a flying container ship, but it can hold dozens of containers. So it's got this huge open space in it that could be modularized quite comfortably, designed to hold containers. So it's probably about the size of a small cargo ship. So there could be a lot of space here, but most of it is going to be cargo hold. And then you've got living quarters and the bridge. Yeah. Cargo hold full of stuff. And actually, that would mean that this floor that you've just come down on is a cargo elevator. Ah. There'll be anywhere to be on the bridge. Can you lead us there? Let's go. Yeah. How many enemy fighters might they have on a ship like this? To fly. However, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin? You know, it depends on what they've done. I mean, if they've mm -hmm. stuffed the cargo hold with troops. Yeah. This thing could hold a legion of the Emperor's Sardaukar. Yeah. This is a Yeah, Sarak is just so far out of his depth at this <laughs> point that he's just like... Focus on what you know. I need to kill them. <laughs> we have a holy I'm mission, Sarak. And I'm Xavier trying to lead the way as best I can. Yes, yes. Sarak. Focus on the dungeon, not the dungeon builder. <laughs> Then, then lead on, Xavier. Take us to where these, where our enemies should be. Xavier leads on, um, and will guide them to the bridge. Though in the back of his head, he's desperately thinking, "I want to go to the cargo hold. I want to see if I can find any spice." <laughs> <laughs> right? How do you want to go about doing this? Are you going to be super stealthy? Are you just going to like wander through the corridors? I think stealth is the option here because yep. they're probably here somewhere. So, yep. yeah. We'll stealth it up. Do you want to look for disguises or anything? Or are you just going to... Like, like nearby coveralls or ship uniform kind of things. Yeah, that kind of thing. Or are you going to go full-on solid snake, put a cardboard box on your head and creep around? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Can we be a filing cabinet together and we're each a separate <laughs> Three kobolds in a trench coat. <laughs> Now, I think stealth, but he, I, I don't think that uh, Sorak would probably look for a disguise. Don't have time. Yeah, yeah, probably wouldn't want to dress up. As... We'll go all stealth, but we won't dress up. Yeah, quietly. Right, so you're gonna you're gonna be sneaky the ship. quiet rather than stomping and mm. like, waving guns around. Yeah, yeah. So as you're creeping along, you you come across a couple of patrols. They do look like they're off-worlders. You see smugglers, smug smugglers' guards wandering around. The technicians that are working down here, you see a few of those. They look like guild technicians. Do they look like they're any kind of urgency or do they look very kind of laid back? It's, there doesn't appear to be any day. kind of urgency. Sorry, not guild technicians. The technicians that are walking around down here have a uniform on and they've got that little scroll that you saw on the Von Meer guy. Oh. Did our house Von Meer? Could be. Mm. Can I? At least some of them are. I need to ask a question. Um, but it's possibly science related, which is not my strongest suit. 
this ship is buried underneath the salt plains, right? And salt would have a big kind of would start jamming up the works on a ship like this, right? Yeah. yeah is there any sure. indication to kind of get like if it's start to rust up a bit or um well, as you start thinking that, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. As you start thinking that, all right, how long has this thing been here? Can we work it out? Some of those technicians that you do come across are working on some venting and they're bringing out chunks of salt, big flat planes of salt from inside a vent. And they're complaining about having to keep the salt off. So they have clearly got people working on keeping the salt from gumming up the works. Yeah. So they are intending to fly the ship out. Yeah, I was going to say, so yeah, they're, they're trying to maintain flight Keep readiness. It, yeah. Mm, interesting. Looks like we've got ourselves a spaceship. Right, let's murder everyone <laughs> inside and then we'll go. <laughs> Welcome to Siege this... Abbeycut. <laughs> <laughs> Again, well, we're going to be right? having a conversation later about what is is a guild property, but we'll leave that for later. There's two of us. Yeah, I'm going to be on the wrong end. And I'm mainly right? looking at Serac when I say that. Serac <laughs> counts as two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Right, we're going to. Serac and Aladdy, it doesn't take long before you guys are pretty much hopelessly lost. Mm hmm. Whatever Xavier's doing, clearly he's in his element and you are very much out of yours. You don't think you've seen this much internal metal ever in your lives, even in having visited the cities. Mm. Well, you might not have visited um, Carfag, probably only visited um, Arakeen. Yeah. It's still stonework for the most part. But this is metal, metal everywhere. The whole thing is made of metal. There's a fortune in metal inside the walls of this structure. And it's really weird and cramped. I mean, you're used to sometimes being cramped because a lot of the pathways and passages in the sieges can be quite narrow. This is like that, but everything is, looks the same. It's all regular. It's all the same color. It's all got the same lighting. There's no nuance. No, no, no it's joyous and wonderful. Sorak <laughs> <laughs> puts his hand on Xavier and, and leans in and he goes, my friend. I pity you for the hell you've had to live in. This is horrible. <laughs> oh, Xavier bites <laughs> his lip to not retort <laughs> and insult the Fremen culture by saying, I live in a hell hole. So you hear uh, a bigger number of booted feet clomping towards you from down a corridor. They haven't seen you, but in a few seconds, they will. I'd. So you pop open a panel into a nearby room. And it looks to be some kind of maintenance cupboard more than anything else. There's a couple of buzzing electrical panels on the wall some buckets and mops stacked up in one corner. The janitor's uniforms. There is a janitor's uniform, yeah. Um, I might rapidly start to get changed. 
just kind of coveralls, really. You could pull it yeah, on over I'll the top of your still suit. Are you peeping out the door? Oh yeah, I want to get a, a little bit of an idea of what we're what we're facing. So, coming down the corridor towards you, there are six figures. Uh, two of them are very definitely smugglers. Uh, they've got the look, the swagger, the walk, the semi araki native look to them. The other four seem to be house soldiers of some kind. They're in uniform, they've got matching boots, guns, they look quite disciplined, all shaven-headed. Are the smugglers having any kind of conversation or anything? Yes, they are. They're having here? a conversation between them. And the smugglers are, are kind of gloating to these house troops about how when they want to, they can go out to the city of Carthag and watch the arena and have some drinks and pick up some spice or get some women. Whereas these, these house guards, they stay forever on this ship. They never go anywhere. But they hope they're getting paid enough to do this boring job. And then laughing, the two smugglers head off and the house guards are slagging them off behind their back. Stupid fucking sand grubbers. But no uh, no names thrown around, no indication of who they were. And, and I'm assuming we didn't recognize them from no, you didn't recognize the other base. Them, no. What house are the house guards of? Uh, they're Von Mir house Von guards. Mir. So Von Mir are up to mm. it in that, in it up to their eyeballs. Fucking Kinam and his chances. Why do we have to work <laughs> with their scum? We could have taken out that siege just as easily as these stupid assholes. Well, that's what the house guards say? Yeah. How many of them are there? Four. Uh, the one who appears to be leading them says, slow it. We're here to do a job. We've got the sample. Okay. All we need to do is make uh -huh. sure that we can pick up a bit of spice as a bonus, and then we'll be out of here in a day or two. Then, my friends, we will be rich. Sorak just looks at <laughs> looks at uh, Alati like, what do, "What do you want me to do?" <laughs> I think we should take them out, grab the leader, find the find the sample. Um, okay. So I'll say, "You won't be rich; you'll be dead," and step out. We'll step out. As soon as soon as Sorak sees that Alade indicates that we're taking these guys, he rolls out quietly and uh, takes the guy in the back, uh, you know, right here under the base of his jaw so that he can't speak as he twists it up into his brain. Meanwhile, there's Xavier pulling on a janitor's couple going, <laughs> guys, I found disguises. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> He sort of touched to himself, saying, "I could have." They just mentioned murdering us, you know. So it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna, uh, and I'll be coming out. So they not, turn towards Aladdin, screaming straight roaring, away because I'm not. I'm not trying to attract other people. And no, then I'm but you stepped it, out, and you're like, kind of, "Gonna have you, son." Yeah, exactly. But Serac can like. <laughs> 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 So they immediately turn to Aladdin 
so uh, I'll let you go first, Pete. What do you want to do? Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the the nearest guy with my okay. Chris knife. I was gonna say guns or knives. Knives. I've got no momentum. Fair. Right. So duty and battle. And two successes. That's pretty good. So yeah, you, you sort of step forward and slice a blade straight up across the torso of one of these guardsmen. He goes, ah, as this right line of red is drawn across his chest. I'm, I'm going to try and sort of get in close. So we're too close for them to like get their guns out, you know, and start waving them around and they have to consider close combat, you know. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're inside a spaceship. They're probably not going to start blasting. Sure. So anyways, they started blasting. He's then going to try and get... Oh, yeah. no, wait, this guy's a scrub, isn't he? He just dies because you stab him. Okay, cool. Sounds it's only the me. lieutenant who's got a chance of not being a scrub. Uh, they're like not uh, lieutenant, minions. Sergeant. Yeah they're, yeah, they're like minions. So one, okay. one hit, one kill on a minion. Yeah. So that means we got... Since he got two successes, does that mean we have one point of momentum then? Since mm. they're just one shot, one kill? Just no, I don't think so. Him. I think, yeah. Okay. Because two, two is still quite low for offing someone completely. And I know they're not major characters, which takes more damage because you have to take out one of their stats to be able to mm -hmm. finish them off. That's cool. I'm happy with that. No worries. Yep, yep. But yes, so you take out to one of them. five points of momentum. <laughs> 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 so uh, i rolled two dice i got 25 successes <laughs> just 25 though no but uh so sirak will roll out and he will actually give you a point of threat oh because he's bold in battle yeah don't don't say oh because it, it means you get a point of momentum back at least yeah get he always gets a point of momentum back at least for yeah. doing this yeah, every time, every time I use the Chris uh, knife, I can get a point. As long as he hits, as long as he hits, yeah. And so, with bold <laughs> battle, if I uh, I can reroll one of these dice. Nice. A four, a six, and an eighteen, which I'll reroll, and get an eight. So six successes. <laughs> so what's that? So there you go. That's four into momentum and. And one, uh, another guard. And one. Sorry? His special ability gives one. And momentum. his special one gets us another five into momentum in one go. shot. Given that you have a maximum of six that you can bank at any one time. <laughs> yeah, so he just rolls. He kind up of stands up like a shadow behind one of the guards who's behind the sergeant. And peels. Chris Knife silently goes in, wiggles backwards and forwards. You almost feel like you can see it behind his eyes. <laughs> And then he, he just kind of pushes that guy, pushes that guy away, and spins towards the guys in the front. Right, right. Let's let's let. Oh my word! Right, so one of them lashes out towards you with his knife, Pete, and you kind of swish back out of the way because you're a fremen and he's a scrub. Yeah, I do that cartwheel thing that he does in his vision of the future. Uh, the sergeant, however, is built of sterner stuff than that. And 
He steps in and stabs you, Aaron. Here's his man go down. Notices that there's this kerfuffle in front of him. Don't kill him, don't kill him. But has this instinct to sort of turn around. And you think he's going to go forwards. So he catches you off guard Mm. when he steps back instead and backstabs into you. So please take three points of damage to the... You know, what? I think he might do it to your faith because you weren't expecting that. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, but my my Fremen still suits one point of armor, right? So just yes. So just two. Yes. Right in the two. faith. Right in the faith. <laughs> Please stop stabbing me in the faith. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, he's Sirak is completely taken aback by that. He really had no no expectation that that was going to. Oh, happen. I mean, you're you're wounded to your soul yeah. as well as your body, but that's okay. I got something for him. <laughs> <laughs> so Xavier, do you want to do anything? Continue to hide. <laughs> um... Oh, you can continue to hide. There is nothing stopping. Um, I'm still um, in the closet, as it were. Pulling on that janitor's outfit. (laughs) Um, I am holding a mop. (laughs) So I will snap the mop in two, jump out, and bring down these two sharp points into the nearest um, guy I can find. Okay. Let's have a power and battle. Ah, excellent. Um, power. I thought with each round of combat, we'd cut to Dan and he'd like zip and then another <laughs> belt. <laughs> okay. Nipples. <laughs> two successes. So you, you jam these two sharp bits of mop into the shoulder blades of one of the guards. It kind of cries out because, frankly, he wasn't expecting to be stabbed by a janitor at this point. So busy watching these Fremen assassins that being stabbed up by the cleaning staff was not on his to-do list. And his eyes kind of roll back in his head and he slumps to the floor, leaving the three of you surrounding the sergeant. The Fedakin will take your water if the next words that come from your mouth are not the truth. Where is Hanan? Where is Lucerne? And where is the sample? Where's the spice? He looks from from one of you to the next. And spits on the floor. (laughs) He's been here for a while. (laughs) No, no. He spits on the floor to be rude. He doesn't get it. Oh, (laughs) okay. Which probably makes the two of you go, I catch thank it. you for the gift of your <laughs> like, water. Yeah, I'm like, thank you for the gift of your water. Answer the question. All of it. <laughs> it's being rude. We'll take more than that in a moment. He takes his own knife and stabs himself right in the heart. Can we try and stop him from killing himself? Is it just... Like, just I like, think at that point he kind of caught you by surprise. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, that's fair. I think that's my fair. face was 
Huh? What with the, you know, oh, here's some free water. Stab myself. Ha-ha. <laughs> he takes his own life rather than be captured. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Sorry, the Von Mirar fanatics. That was uh, disappointing. fanatical behavior. Let's, let's put the bodies in this closet. I did not expect to find such courage among these people. That wasn't courage. That, that was, was zealotry. Is that a word? Zealotry. Zealotry. Zealotry, thank you. He feared to face the blades of true warriors, Aladi, and took his own life as a coward would. You dragged their bodies into the supply cupboard, and there's still fairly quite a lot of blood on the gantry outside, and obviously it seeped through mop. the gantry. Yes, you've got half a <laughs> mop. <laughs> a broken really mop. <laughs> and we'll uh, pat the bodies down quickly to see if they've got any pass cards or any, anything useful. Uh, they, do, they all have a pass card. Uh, the sergeant's one has a little rank emblem on it. Sirak hands that to Aladi and then gives one to Xavier and takes one himself. They've all got, uh, well, actually, at the minute, all they've got is like a stun stick and a knife on them. They're not walking around with pistols inside their spaceship. If they're indoors on a spaceship, they don't have personal shields at all. They don't have personal shields because it is still Arrakis and people are a little bit will they, won't they? Okay, fair enough. Plus, if I'd given them personal shields, you'd have struggled a lot more. It's true. I had yeah, fair enough. No, no, I used that to blow up the nuke. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, Xavier, where? To the bridge. That way. Xavier, it's starting to occur to you that why would they be on the bridge unless they are going to take off? Unless they are going to fly now. And this guy just said they're not going to be flying anywhere for a couple of days. So why would they be on the bridge, which is literally the room you use to fly the spaceship? Strange plan. If they're planning on staying here a couple of days, from what that guard said, probably going to be somewhere else. We should head to the living quarter area. Uh, It's still the same sort of direction. Mm. But going to save you bursting into the bridge and there being like one technician in there going (laughs) (laughs) one fish dude Uh, in a tank yeah oh no no they're on the high line yeah 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 (laughs) getting a bloody navigator I'd like to see you keep Xavier's loyalty when you start threatening a navigator yeah I would so die so quickly (laughs) fold space inside your head Ooh, that's a scary thought. Yeah. Um, right. Okay, so we'll change direction to the. Um, to so you lead them up towards quarters. the living quarters of the ship, which, you know, these things are designed to be able to last for flights between planets. So potentially they could be flying for weeks or months at a time. Mm. Yes, they're also used to ferry stuff up and down planet to highliner, but quite often the crews of these ships will stay on the cargo ship. Mm-hmm during transit, whereas houses and stuff would have their own luxury suites on the Highliner. So there are living quarters here and you make your way up towards them. They're 
up on the top half of the ship. So you're already in the right sort of area for it. And as you get closer to the living quarters, you notice that there are a few more guard patrols wandering around, generally teams of two rather than that team of four that you came across a minute ago. But there looks to be either two house guards walking together or two smugglers walking together. You don't see any more of the cast out. You also notice at one point uh, what looks to be some kind of scientist or wizard or engineer. Wizards, we should looking wizards. guy. We see him. Sirak once again looks at uh, Aladi with that. Do you want me to take him or not? Grab him. <laughs> I guess that he he looks much better dressed than the others and is not in uh, von Mir clothes and is very superior and is ordering everyone else around. So he's clearly someone of some importance. How many... Uh, Xavier, you reckon he's... Well, based on his skin. Yeah, sharp teeth, grey complexion. Lots of facial tattoos. Slightly upswept ears. All the hallmarks of being a Tleilaxu master. Is he by himself or is he with guards? He's actually walking by himself. Okay. Down one of the corridors. The guards move out of the way when he passes. And he goes into one of the rooms and seals it behind him. Okay. I think this guy might know about the sample and where prominent members of the crew are. So we should get in there and talk to him. I can disable as well as kill Aladi. Have no fear. I know. I've, I've seen you in action many times. Uh, it's more terrifying than the, the murdering. Uh, <laughs> <Xavier>. <laughs> the Fadaikin live to serve. <laughs> I'm not sure this pass has hold up the Plastic will get us in that door. Let me take a look at the lock. It looks like a handprint lock. Earth. It's a handprint lock. Can you bypass it? Unlikely, but I'll give it a go. What kind of door are we talking about? We're talking about a next generation, you know, carpet door. You can easily like ugh, if you had to, or talking about like proper. Well, it's an interior spaceship door, so it's got to be strong enough to with withstand depressurization in one of the rooms or corridors. Okay. One of the little hand pump <laughs> crank. I'm <laughs> 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 well, sure you could do that. We could go back and cut the arm off the sergeant and see if that hand worked. You're Someone's been around like the Fremen, Fremen too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turning nature. I, look, I check his eyes. <laughs> they are looking a little bluer. <laughs> so what do you want to do? Worth a go. 
See if you can hack it. I want to try and hack it. Okay. To go back and cut the guy's hand off, would that be going past lots of people again, or? <laughs> uh, yeah. I bet this guy. I bet this guy's door is keyed only to his hand. Yeah, and maybe, probably, yeah. maybe the captain or something. Yeah. I think we should knock. <laughs> That was going to be my second option. Yeah. Just knock well, and wait till he opens. We'll have to go with option two, I'm afraid. That's no yeah. success from me. Okay. It's too Yeah, you here. can't even get into the cover of this hand scanner. Is, is there like a doorbell or is it a knock situation? It's a knock. Have So, Sirak looks at Xavier. You're dressed as one of these ship's compliments. You knock. We'll be to either side of the door. When he opens it, we'll move in. You are literally doing the housekeeping thing. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do. Housekeeping. <laughs> Does he open the door? Oh, you're not right. Sorry. So you knock <laughs> on the door. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were literally going to. Sorry, I think you were muted <laughs> when you said that. Ding, ding, ding. You knock sure. on the door. As I'm in the janitor's outfit, shall I? Do it and you guys hide. Or... Yeah, that's what yeah, we're yeah, gonna, yeah, we're gonna stand yeah. either side of the door. So, so sorry, I missed that bit. Okay. The sorry. the door slides open. And stood there is this grey-skinned, quite horrifying looking. He's clearly gone out of his way to make himself look scarier. He got so, a monocle screwed into one eye socket. He gets two Fremen in the face. Sirak <laughs> uh, reverses his Chris knife and pommel strikes the guy right between his eyes to stun him. So he staggers so, backwards into the room. Jump in. And I'll go in shoulder first and like push him over onto like a table or, or a bed or whatever, around a chair, you know. I'll yes, so you shoulder bag him onto a, a bed that is in the room. Okay. Xavier, shut the door. Not a bed. What am I saying? No, this is the, single, the palm print block. This isn't his bedroom. Uh, there's a Ooh, desk. Shut yes, the door. Sorry. Okay. So you shove him in and onto a desk and is a little bit stunned, a little bit pole-axed, shoulder to the chest, and he falls backwards over the desk and knocks a few things off of it. Xavier steps in and closes the door behind you. And I've got the tip of my Chris knife just gently inserted into his right ear. <laughs> I would stay motionless, except to talk. Words, he will now buy freezes life. so motionless you could almost assume that he was dead. Where is the sample? Hello, friends. Where is How the may sample? I assist you? Ah, the sample. Which sample would that be? All of them. Sample of our, re- of our Reverend Mother. Ah, that sample. Unfortunately, that sample is away somewhere with the house. They wouldn't let me do anything with it. However, I could probably do something for you. Where are you? Look, you look injured. I could patch you up. Uh, perhaps that leg could actually do with just replacing. I could have a new one grown for you in a few hours. We're not interested. Where are Hanan, Lucerne, and Keenum? Ah. The, the three glorious leaders of this little adventure. While Kinam, he's gone back to his people. 
he's done his part, got what he came for. He and his are going back into the desert. Hanan and his smugglers will be leaving us within the day, and then we can get off this wretched little ball up into space and return to cooler, more civilised climes. Weaker, wetter worlds. If you wish, certainly. Now, if it's strength you're after, I uh, do have a rather fine line Lucerne. of muscle grafts. Say again? Lucerne. Where is Lucerne? Oh, no, he's still here. Very much still here. Where? Just down the hall. Last I heard. I would imagine this time of day, he's just come in from uh, out there in the desert. He likes to have a, a long shower, nice cool shower, plenty of water, scrub off all the stench of the desert. You know how it is. Uh, and then a big meal. Maybe a few glasses of something soft and fruity. You people are abominations. Yes, I hear that quite a lot. But uh, this abomination could do you rather a great many favours. I have no partisan interest. This world or its people, if you think these words will weigh with any weight with us. Oh, you misunderstand. I have no partisan interest whatsoever in the, the little politicking. I'm a scientist and a tradesman. And for either of these things, I can avail you whatever you wish. My death serves no purpose to you or anybody else. Alive, I am of vastly greater use. What service did you perform for the enemies of our siege? in their endeavors. Uh, what's a siege? It's our home. All of our people were massacred by the people who own the ship that you live on. Oh, you from that grubby little rock pile. Yes, yeah, such a waste. Terrible waste. They were very keen to... Well, at first I was quite happy with them. You know, they were just going to test out the prototypes, see how they worked. We've been working on newer models. Um, I have quite high hopes for them as a house. But then the, the smugglers and the Jackarutu got involved and they decided to make it into a, a whole big thing and such a waste of livestock. What prototypes? The Gola. Those beasts. Oh, we killed them. Oh, that's a waste. Never mind. We have the plans. You say we, you and who else? Well, Tleilaxu obviously have the plans. Mm. Uh, the Von Mir designed them under our guidance. They've been excellent students, I must say. Slightly rabid and religious for my taste, but Heretical I'm sure you're familiar with how that goes. Heretical abominations that will be destroyed. That's what everybody says about the latest advances in science. They're not thinking machines, though, are they? Don't you follow the Orange Catholic Bible? We know Zen those Sunni words. wanderers? We know those words. Exactly. It only prohibits the use of thinking machines. You we and our siblings among the Mentats and the Jesuit have our own, and even the Spacing Guild, to be honest, have our own little 
foibles and differences. Now, what can Bagale do for you? Is the real question here. What will it cost me to live out our little encounter and return home to continue my studies and visit my dear wife and beloved children? Sorak, just, of course, I don't have children. Sorak just looks over at uh, <laughs> or wife. Aladi and is just he's just waiting. I gotta say Ugly, noisy things. I'm gonna say the only thing we want from you. And I'll turn around and walk away and say, is your water? And boom. Chris knife right through into the skull. Oh, that was a waste. He winks at you. As you stab him right into the skull, he winks at you, pulls this sardonic little smile, and then the life runs out of him. He's probably a goler anyway. There's probably some, some tank somewhere where he's like... Rick Sanchezing it up. <laughs> Cyloning out of a pool of goo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just died. Sorak pulls pulls a Chris knife out, looks at Xavier, and he goes, I pity you even greater now, knowing that you must walk among creatures such as this. Foul, disgusting things. Twisting nature in such dis- oh, depraved ways. Please, at some point, we all need to have a conversation about something called political clout. <laughs> they destroyed our siege. He laughed no. about the death of our people. He called them experiments. I, I shove his butt. Is livestock. And uh, so Sirach kind of breaks his hips and his knees so he can cram him under the desk. I had a favourable to the tilax. Is there a, Let me is there, something. Is there a bag of lie hanging around somewhere, Aaron? <laughs> no, no, wish. That would be easier, but <laughs> we must uh, move so on. So he is wearing a very ornate ring knuckle in gold Can that we covers check most Hunter of Killer isn't finger. about to come out of a little slot somewhere. <laughs> He's got a, a fancy-looking monocle. He is wearing a personal shield. Ooh. Can we do a shield lasgun bomb at some point, please? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to leave a shield on something and then from very far away, lasgun it. Xavier, do you know? And there's nothing else particularly obvious on him. His clothes are very fine and layered. Um, I know what that is. I say pointing at the shield. Um... That's a personal shield and a whole load of trouble for someone in the desert. Um, these other things, I'm not so sure. Um, though maybe I'd have a look at that ring a bit closer. Yeah, looking closer at the ring, it's um, some kind of poison injector, like a gomja bar of some kind. That could be handy. Uh, the gems on it aren't actually gems. When you get up close to it, you can see that each one of the gems is actually a liquid. Uh, in a little ampule. Hmm. Anyone mind if I take this? By all means, Xavier. <laughs> you have helped us greatly. You deserve what spoils you can find from the enemies of our siege. When you pick up the monocle, you can see that there's a little thing inside it that's saying that it's both broadcasting and recording. 
How unfortunate. <laughs> Look into At it which say, point did you I enjoy, shall finish the session. Did you enjoy <laughs> the show? <laughs> Looks like we may have trouble, guys. <laughs> or was it maybe it was kind of like downloading his brain somewhere? I, don't know. I think we should save that monocle for Foom. Yeah, he'd like that. Be very interested in that, I think. All right, so thank you very much for joining us for Dune, episode four of Siege Abacat. We've got one or two sessions left, like two sessions left, looking at the date. What day is it? It's Thursday. It is. Uh, which Almost means that. Weekend. So tonight, tonight at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Still after Cthulhu? Octon Cthulhu, mm -hmm. perhaps the last episode of the Romanian Imperative. Oh. Perhaps not. One or two episodes left. And then on Thursday nights, we're going to be switching every week between Starfinder, the Horizon Adventure Path, and another Octon Cthulhu mission because we all fell in love with Octon Cthulhu. It's fantastic. Cool. That's cool. That's great. And play after a game we finish. June, we're moving across to playing uh, a short One Ring second edition, the new one from Free League yes. campaign. Yes. Lewis is going to be running that on a Thursday night. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've built our little fellowship and yeah. we're getting ready to go for that yeah. in March. Hey, up, lad. And then tomorrow, tomorrow also, special new show. Dun, dun, dun. The reboot dun, 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 dun. of The Enemy Within. We're starting a new. We're starting again. We're and Jim is in the hot seat, and this is an unofficial playthrough of the Enemy Within. Um, and it has and... to be with what Jim does to NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be monthly to begin with, isn't it? Yes, Aaron. once a month to begin with. Yeah, and you never know; they might get very excited and decide to upgrade it to fortnightly yeah. or weekly. We'll see. But yeah, there's our patrons have been able to see a prequel episode. Um, and all patrons of all levels have been able to watch it. Uh, so that's up, up there at the moment. You can, if you want to support us, then check out Patreon link below. Um, and you can if not, you could always episode. just watch the 10 hour version of their taking the hobbits to Isengard. You could do, you could do that, would be fun. <laughs> uh, then next week. Background to Tuesday with Roads and Ruins. Um, you guys will probably be heading back to Emberwatch Tower to figure out what you're doing next. Or you may go and somewhere to say, else. please, please, please stick to the agreement we made so they don't cut <laughs> off our fox's hand. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then next Wednesday, we're back like Sarkana. to Sarkana. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that an R.E.M. song? <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's it. That's us. Until next week. So thank you very much. Bring back the Xenomorphs. In the One Ring. That's a bit excessive. <laughs> Mind That's you. Good. My Dunedain uh, treasure hunter would not be very thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be mad. The shadow is extending its reach. <laughs>
Well, thank you very much for joining us this evening. We are going to head off now into the hills and far away. Thank you very much and good night. Cheers.